You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello and welcome to this week's TNA podcast, where I would like to introduce our very special guest, Tanvi Hans. Hey. Uh, our other guest, Riffwick. Hi guys. Hope you're all doing fine. And the one guest that I forget to introduce every week, which is myself, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Looking forward to the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to say on behalf of the TNA website, this is an honor for us to be interviewing yourself. Oh, thank you. Okay. And we'll get straight into things. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, great, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we've got to start with the Women's World Cup. Now, mm. I don't know about you guys over there, over here, i seen the spectacle as a massive success mm-hmm. and um, a great promotion of women's football around the world. Yeah. How did you see it as a... How did you see the tournament as a whole? Um... So, I absolutely loved it. The entire, um, not just the finals or the semi-finals or the quarterfinals. Yeah. Like, honestly speaking, I thought every game was worth watching. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, every team uh, put up such a brilliant performance. And you could tell uh, that every performance had so much passion and so much heart behind it. Uh, and, of course, a lot of hard work as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of sacrifices, and I enjoyed every match that I watched. And um, as a whole, I think, um, and uh, I truly feel this after the finals, especially after the whole uh, the World Cup finally came to an end. The morning after, when I woke up, there was definitely, um, at least I felt it. Maybe because I'm a footballer uh, myself, um, and because I was following the matches and stuff myself, but I definitely felt that something in the air had changed, and yeah. it was a good change, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just felt really positive. Um, yeah. When I woke up the next morning, and um, yeah, I think I think, you know. Um, a change has begun, and I think women have really shown their potential on the world stage. Um, <clears throat> and the uh, number of eyeballs, you know, um, that the women's game got through this World Cup um, just shows the support is actually increasing. And um, you know, and that's 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 actually um, also because the standard is also increasing. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was just extremely pleased with the whole. I could not have asked for more, you know, yeah. from the World Cup. Yeah. And with you, I, I thought once the tournament, before the tournament, I would thought, oh, not reservations, but you mm-hmm. think, oh, where's it going to go with this? And mm-hmm. uh, is obviously VAR was involved, and we'll 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 speak about that in a little bit as a different subject. Yeah. But you, you sort of, this is. For me, the first tournament, mm. I mean, as a football fan, mm. um, for me, this was like the first tournament coming in that was internationally recognised from a mm. women's perspective. Right. And I thought once it finished, I know there's mm. been previous other tournaments as well, but this was this was the w- most promoted one as far as I can remember. And yeah, of course. At the, at the end of it, 
Mm. I just thought it was like you said, every game and every day you were looking forward to it, just like yeah. the men's tournament. And you yeah. sort of it didn't matter the level of the team that was playing or the profile of the team that was playing. Yeah. It, it, you were just looking forward to it. Who's yeah. playing today? And yeah. I thought at the end of the tournament, I just thought, sure, this could be it now. This could be the 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 start that it needs for it to yeah. just kick on. Yeah. Not just in England, but around the world. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what about yourself? Yeah, so I'm actually stuck at work usually during this time. And, and I mean, the, the network at my place sucks, to be honest. <laughs> but I've been following women's football, uh, I mean, from mostly from the la- from last year and this world cup you know was kind of a you know a thriller for me because uh you know i i play fifa i mean the fifa game you, that ea sports you know uh create i play those game and i've always played uh, with usa you know yeah. you, I, I don't know if you guys know but there is women's football as well yeah. That particular game, and uh, yeah. I played yeah. with USA as my team. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm actually a fan of Alex Morgan. Mm. And who isn't? Yes, I'm pretty happy that. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that uh, the USA won. Mm. But uh, I saw a few goals as well, and also a few goalkeeping performances. I mean, goalkeeping wise, I would say Endler. The Chile, the Chile goalkeeper. Right. Um, she, she, she was awesome, and there was a team goal from Cameroon. Uh, I guess it's Cam, yeah, it was Cameroon, and I actually loved it. So what I'd like to say is that uh, the quality definitely has shooted up, I mean, massively, and uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, and I'd agree with you guys that. This World Cup has been a massive success. Yeah, I just, I just think it, it'll just for me, it'll be, it'll be that kickstart. It'll just be what I think it, the tournament was exactly what women's football needed. Yeah, and I, I, and I always think uh, everyone always uh, not to go, not to switch it to the men's game at all, but mm. everyone has that one World Cup memory from when they were younger. Yeah, I, yeah. I always remember like the 1990 World Cup or the 1994 one. And everyone says, "What's the first World Cup you can remember?" Yeah. And I just hope uh, young girls, say teenage girls, or even maybe mm-hmm. a little bit younger, were sort of were getting fascinated with it over in the UK. And I yeah. hope I, I would just hope that when they grow up, and if they, especially mm-hmm. if they grow up loving the game of football or getting involved with modern sports, yeah, the this this will be that tournament that they refer to. And I think, yeah. you, I think and that's I, the I best think, compliment you can give it. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- I mean, definitely there is, um, I mean, this particular World Cup, I would say is historic. And you know, people are going to talk about it for years to come. Um, it yeah. definitely has begun. Um, uh, well, at this World Cup, I think women, all the women that participated were on that platform to prove a point, you know, and I think they did. And I think, yeah. um, and I think 
after this World Cup, after having proved themselves, after giving brilliant performances, one match after the other, um, I think it definitely has started lots of conversations. It's definitely yeah. um, got a lot of uh, positive attention uh, coming towards women's football, not just in UK or the US, but internationally. You know, I'm sitting yeah. here in Bangalore and I sat and I watched the finals with a group of like, you know, 15 women. And these women, uh, half of them are mothers and half of yeah. them are working women and stuff, you know. And um, I, I don't imagine that would have happened even four years ago, you know. But yeah. it's it is definitely uh, moving in the right direction and you can feel it, you know. Yeah. Um, moving on to the, the actual games themselves. Yeah. Who, did anyone surprise you? If you had to like, pick up one team from the tournament... Mm. Who would you say overachieved? Um, overachieved. Uh, I was highly impressed with Sweden. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't say that I didn't expect them to perform well, yeah. but you know the fight that they showed. Um, you know, uh, and. Um, I particularly love uh, their player. Uh, I hope I pronounced her name correctly. Um, uh, Kusavare Aslani. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you could see, literally see that she was like playing with all of her heart, you know. Um, and I mean, I think I think Sweden for me really um, performed better than I would have expected for sure. Yeah, yeah. And if you have to pick someone who underachieved, mm. who do you think um, it would be? Honestly, I am actually um, a big fan of England. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a big fan of the US. Yeah. And I follow both these teams. And for me, yeah. um, I always, uh, I was waiting for the match um, where they were up against each other. For, for me, yeah. That was pretty much equal to a final of the World Cup, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate that England uh, lost um, the way that they did, especially. And yeah, um, uh, yeah. But I mean, I I would have hoped that at least they won the third position. Um, but yeah. again, again, there were just some you know some moments there which unfortunately just. Uh, Worked against them, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. So one of the good things about this World Cup for me, mm-hmm. and the fact that it was women's World Cup, it had that sense to me. Again, this is just to me. It's something new about it mm. uh, because I've never really experienced watching the women's game as thoroughly as what I have yeah. done in this tournament. Okay. And that's not, and that's not to downgrade women's football at all, because. Mm. As an Everton fan, Everton ladies have actually been doing really well over the last yeah, five years. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've probably done better than the men's team, to be fair. But uh, I I thought England underachieved. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was great as well, because looking from an overstatement and an understatement point of view, not just England, I enjoyed yeah. the fact that, to me, I had no idea who was going to win each game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But because the game's been going on here, especially for the women's side of things, I yeah. expected England to do really well. And I just thought in that last game, 
I thought I thought mm. they were quite negative, but I mean that was just for me. Look, maybe maybe I was just maybe it might have just been my not lack of knowledge from watching, but my lack of watching the, uh, the England women's team, not mm. throughout the tournament, but before the tournament. Yeah. So, how would you compare, say, the American, the Americans to the English, and what would you have said that the English need to do to beat the Americans moving forward? So, um, and I was telling my uh, friends this as well, and the ladies that I was sitting and watching the match with, um, that, you know, at this stage, at this level of the game, um, especially once you start getting uh, closer towards the finals, you know, everyone is expected to be a player of a certain level, you know? Um, otherwise, they would not be playing uh, yeah. semi-finals and the finals, you know. So, given that everyone is a good player at that level, um, the one thing that separates one team from another that has the edge over um, the losing team is, I think, at this point, um, uh, attitude. Yeah. Uh, an overall attitude and a passion uh, and sometimes it's so much larger than football. And I think that's yeah. what worked for the U.S. women's team because they were riding on a lot of responsibility, um, you know, with equal pay and all these things. And I think um, they did not give losing uh, an option. They, losing was not an option for them, yeah. you know. And I think... Um, England is a squad of talented players. Like they are skillful. They work together. They are also very active in the game throughout the year. Uh, because yeah. obviously your league system is very strong in England for women as yeah. well. And all yeah. of them have come out of your women's league. You know, they've been scouted from your women's league. Um, so th- these are active players. Um, and some of them have played together in the same team you know, uh, or at least with the national team, they've played together um, for the, for the obviously, the pre-World Cup camp and things like that. Um, but what ends up separating them um, from, you know, a US or, um, let's say, Sweden, for instance, is yeah. um, the attitude. It is. It does come yeah. down to that. Um, I, I cannot fault them for, uh, I cannot say that these individual players didn't work hard enough. You know, they worked really hard um but yeah i think sometimes it just comes down to that um intangible substance you know yeah that one uh, last little bit of desire yeah yeah Yeah. and i think Uh, uh, also the u.s women's national team um also have a very very strong uh league system um and starts from a young age and uh i believe uh i i I'm not 100% sure about this, but I did hear that the U.S. women's uh, national team, at least um, at least this is what I hear, um, have the maximum funding uh, of yeah. all the women's teams in the world, you know? Um, and that does make a huge difference, you know? Yeah. Uh, because uh, England, England is probably reaching, the England women's team is probably reaching a point of... Uh, being known as celebrities now because they've performed so well and 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 you know this this, this particular World Cup has got so much um, viewership and so much uh, advertisements and things like that now. Uh, so I, I think that if, for instance, um, you know, uh, like a Fran Kirby or an Ellen White walks the walks the England streets, she will be recognised now. You know. Yeah. Um, whereas prior to this World Cup as well, and Alex Morgan was always recognised. 
um, you know, a Megan Rapino was always recognized in the US um, yeah. because they they attained celebrity status very early on because uh, the sport uh, has been, um, you know, it has reached a, a highly professional level, you know, years prior to this World Cup in the US, um, and that's that's why they've been winning, um, and they are such a dominant team, you know. And now it didn't come just down to winning the World Cup, but it came down to, um, you know, starting lots of conversations beyond football for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, some something that was pretty intriguing was after Brazil got knocked out, uh, yeah. there was a post-match conference with Marta. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, what she said, and that- what she said. Yeah, what she said was very, really inspiring and, you know, it was all emotional as well. So yeah. She was asking the younger girls or women in Brazil to step up yeah. and you know, it, it was really passionate of her. And, yeah. you know, this is this is the change that the women needed and you know, the women's game need this, needed this badly. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's it. Marta yeah. is a legend in the in the sport, at least for women. Yeah. You know? She's yeah. a legend in the sport. And if she you know, those those tears were tears of helplessness. Or just, you know, um that she has given her heart and soul to this sport and unfortunately they've just not been able to achieve at that uh, at this level, you know. Um at least as much as they want to, because at the end of the day you do need um your you know, your local government, you need the people to support you, you know, um, and you need to come from that. And, and I think um, you, you could just see the struggle. Those were tears of, uh, that was like a, a plea and like a request to the next generation that, you yeah. know, um, you know, please go out there and give everything so that you know, you don't have to cry at the end. Um, or she said something to that effect, right? Uh, no, cry at the beginning, so you smile at the end. That's what she said, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really powerful, especially coming from a legend who has achieved so much in the in the women's game. And to see her in tears and begging the next generation is just, it shows that obviously there's been a lot of struggle there. Um, but I really feel this World Cup is going to change a lot. I hope yeah. for a lot of nations and not just um, U.S. and England and things, but for all all the teams that participated yeah. and others. Yeah. How did you view VAR within the tournaments and its use of it? Um, see, we do we do encourage fair play, right? Yeah. Uh, that is uh, what sport is about. It's sportsmanship, and everyone talks about those things. Um, I think, see, there there was a charm to the human error that a referee was allowed to make. There was a certain charm to it. But also, when we all go back to the highlights of certain moments and some historical moments, and we realize that this decision, um, you know, completely changed the end result. uh, And it was an unfair decision. When we go back in time and we see... um, you know, uh, nations losing because of certain decisions or whatever like that, you know. Um, For for those sort of uh, reasons, I think um, being very scientific about it and and making sure that everyone um, needs to be honest 
you know yeah um and, and it just encourages an honest game and i think yeah. that, that that's fine and i think that's really okay i mean yeah. of course of course a lot of hearts break through it as well um but a lot of people get hope from it as well because they know that no matter what you know um an error will be noticed and it yeah. it will be called out and it is an equal playing ground at the end of the day yeah yeah, yeah i was actually impressed with the use of it within the tournament now as well yeah. i mean it was similar to last year with the men's tournament i actually thought the way it was done the the productivity of it uh, the way the referees used it and I thought that was similar this year. And I thought, I mean, if if every sort of domestically men's and women's can use it in that way, then I, I don't I don't see what uh, the problem will be in the future. And hopefully, it won't be uh, the controversy that surrounds it will yeah. actually sort of fade away. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I um, England did sort of get uh, you know the wrong side of <laughs> some some of the decisions. Yeah. 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 But overall, the standard of the World Cup, uh, massive thumbs up from myself. I thought it was I fantastic know. just yeah. watching it and uh, watching the games, being intrigued by it. I mean, I was even like, the, 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 I'm one of those people who loves the sort of tactical analyst of the game and the way right. teams set, uh, set up strategically and things right. like that. And I was so impressed with that level uh, yeah. from the women and the coaches as well that it was... It, it was just great to watch. I thought it was fantastic tournaments. Yeah. It really did. I'll tell you what, um, after this podcast, you should go back to um, some of the Women's World Cups that happened in the 1990s as well, which yeah. was perhaps one of the initial years that the Women's World Cup happened. Um, yeah. Go back to that year um, and see the highlights of the, let's say, the finals or the semifinals back then as well. Trust me, you'll still be impressed because... Actually, women have always been, um, at least at that level, we're talking at the, at the best level of the world. Uh, yeah. Women have been skillful. They have been athletic. They have been, um, you know, uh, powerful. Um, but um, I think it's just that now I think it's getting a lot of attention. And of course, now there's so much history and so much um there's a league system in it. Yeah. almost all these, um, or at least 50% of these uh, countries now. Um, and now they actually have larger numbers um, and a lot more support. But actually, you should go back and see some highlights from the previous World Cups as well. You'll be quite impressed. Not saying that this one has not been impressive. This has blown my mind. I've enjoyed <laughs> every freaking game. And yeah. I think um, every game's been entertaining. Every game's kept me at the edge of my seat. Um, uh, but just as I was going through highlights of, of this World Cup, some of the old ones popped up, and I was really impressed, even by even from you know the years yeah. many years prior to this. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad that at least now the attention is there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what we want many people to do. I mean, I will certainly take you up on mm. that tip, but I mm. think that's what people will be doing anyway yeah. now, following. Uh, the publicity surrounding the, the teams that are involved, not just with England and in the USA, mm-hmm. and the one that you mentioned, Sweden, but all the other teams. I mean, Australia, for example, Norway, uh, that yeah. game between those two. I mean, that was my personal favourite, the one that went to penalties. I was right. just sort, sort of, uh, me and my dad were just sat down with a bottle of beer each watching that game, and I was like, yeah. this is like watching the men's game. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I think that's what people are doing, and hopefully people of all ages will be doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, I do feel that, uh, like you said, you know, girls growing up now, let's hope that this is the World Cup that they sort of remember, you know, yeah. and the World Cup that sort of changes their trajectory as well. Um, but I actually feel that I'm, I'm, I know for a fact, um, because I heard that some friends of mine in the US and stuff, um, some of their sons are wearing like an Alex Morgan jersey and, and yeah. uh, Megan Rapino jersey and stuff, you know, these are, these are boys. Um, so like, I think, I think there's the impact happening, not just on girls, but like on boys as well, because this is the world cup, regardless of the gender, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. To to be, to be honest, uh, to be honest, I myself planned uh, to get a U.S. women's national team jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, well, that's it. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? I <clears throat> just both men and women and men amongst men and women amongst women just speaking about football mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the men speaking about the women's game or the women speaking about the men's game or the women are speaking about the women's game a- anything like that can only do the sport and and, and specifically the women's game mm-hmm. uh, good good so yeah. we mentioned that about England uh, and within the tournament and uh, how well they done or how well they didn't do or the expectation that surrounds them. Uh, yeah. Just moving on to your experience within England when your playing career was there, did you mm-hmm. uh, did you sort of see this uh, while see you, what did you, did you see like how well the uh, how well the the players were developing. During yes. your time here, yeah, and the, uh, and whether they were going to be sort of World Cup uh, contenders in the years to come. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. And um, in fact, um, I uh, so when I played for like Tottenham and Fulham and stuff, they were not playing at the Super Division, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, but I made sure that I went and watched uh, at least a game or two of the Super Division teams, you know. Yeah. Um, and I watched a match. Um, I, gosh, I hope not wrong, but I, it was definitely a Chelsea match. I can't remember their opponent. Um, but I watched the Chelsea women against um, another women's team. Um, and I actually was so thrilled. And I all I wanted to do was just enter that field and play with them because it was yeah. such a good standard. Um, and I really enjoy the pace of the game and, and you know, just, um, just the way they were gelling together. And I... I Knew, you know, when I was watching the game, I knew that these are possibly, I'm probably witnessing right now some of the finest players on the planet right now, you know. Um, and uh, I definitely felt, um, uh, I mean, definitely World Cup. Uh, I'm. That's why I actually, from that point on, I supported the England team. Yeah. Because um, I was firsthand, like, live getting to watch these women play. Um, and there was no doubt that you know there's so much talent there there's um yeah there's um yeah just to answer your question definitely i knew i was yeah. in the presence of some of the finest players in um yeah yeah so how would you compare that to india now um what what do you think uh, the women's football in india needs to do to sort of kick on and progress not necessarily to the english level but just to yes. get up there competing So, um, uh, I mean, I think everyone's actually aware of this, but um, 
I mean, one of the things I keep saying is that the one biggest difference, and if we're able to just sort of start um, with just bridging this one gap, um, a lot can be covered. And that is that um, we don't have um, our season is very, very short-lived through the year. Yeah. Um, our competitions are very, like, um, scarce and uh, very, like, they, there's no, like, sense of organization. Like, uh, we'd suddenly get a phone call to say that, oh, in, in, like, a month's time, there is, like, this competition happening or, um, you know, in another three weeks, there's this competition. That, that actually leaves us no time to put a team together, you know? Yeah. Um, and those are like just some basics. So if, if we had um, a competitive season that lasted um, at club level or state level or the national level, um, if we had something uh, that kept us engaged in the sport at a competitive level uh, for a fair amount of the year, um, I think that would really, really change like the landscape of the game for women here uh, because yeah. there is so much talent, you know, so much. And I, I mean, I've come through the system here and I've been fortunate to be one of very few people who've also gone through the system in England. And definitely the one biggest gap, uh, one biggest difference is that um, there is no like league system that lasts for more than a month or two. Yeah. You know, and that's certainly not long enough for someone who wants to perform at the international stage. You know, yeah, um, it's completely up to us then to look after ourselves individually. But football is a team sport. Yeah, you know, uh, and you need to train with your team, and you need to be in competition for most of the year um, to grow as an athlete. You know, so um, I think that's the biggest difference. So for the three years that I played in England, I got like you know thirty months of football almost. Yeah. Like, Minimum of 10 months in a year. So that's 30 months of football in three years, which is far more than I must have gotten in total before I came to England, you know? Oh um, and and that's, um, yeah, that's that's just, uh, so the our government here has, AIFF has actually started a women's league uh, as of two years ago. Um, uh, it's called the Indian Women's League, and there are yeah. clubs that participate in it. Uh, I believe the first year there were six teams, um, and then seven, and this time uh, there were a couple of, we had 10 teams this time, 10 clubs. Um, but uh, the league only lasted like a month, you know, a month yeah. and a half max. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it, it's nice to have... Um, a longer competitive season, you know, because yeah. if we are if we are waking up at six in the morning or five in the morning and making sure that we get our workout in for the day and we get our training in for the day, we need to be moving towards something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but we, it's so like, um, it's so erratic, and we never know when the next competition might be and things like that. So we have to stay consistent with our own training, but um, we don't know what we're moving towards. You know, yeah. we need to have that calendar in front of us to know that okay fine from jan to let's say july i am engaged in football uh yeah. then maybe there's a month off maybe there's two months off and then again i'm engaged in football yeah you um, know at a competitive level um, yeah because that'll yeah. maintain the interest and as well won't it and gather in more yes. interest from, out, absolutely. from outside absolutely yeah. and 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 as it gathers more interest um obviously the talent um pool is going to grow talent Pool grows means you have greater scouting opportunities, um, you know, for uh, a stronger national team squad or even a state squad or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there needs to be a future that kids can see, 
you know, uh, that, you know, I want to grow up and I want to play in this league with uh, the senior team. But, um, you know, there's not a lot of these competitions to to look forward to. But it is it is falling into place slowly, slowly now, which I'm glad about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and something that's really interesting is that India is going to host the under 17 Women's World Cup, I guess, next year or the year after, I think. Yeah, we are the host, correct. Yeah, yeah. so putting uh, together a proper league, I mean, this time it was just, I think, just over a month or something. Yeah. Uh, and definitely fatigue comes into play and, you know, a team. Uh, definitely doesn't get the proper chance, like you said, to gel and uh, to build that team chemistry. Yeah. So uh, it it will be pretty hard quality wise and also yeah. physically. So yeah. Maybe like uh, when the ISL actually started, they you know stretched it for two to three months. So yeah. something that the AIFF could do is you know slowly start uh, expanding the league and you know. Uh, spread it over a longer time period. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'm very happy the AFF has started a league and the number of teams per year is increasing, even if it's just a couple of teams every year, um, which shows that more that more teams are interested, more states are interested to put our clubs, uh, which is great. Um, but now now let's let's try and expand that over a period of time so we're competing more, you know, through the year. Yeah, I suppose you want the governing body there or uh, the football association within uh, within the country to put a structure in place yeah. that has a long term effect and yeah. not just a short term effect. So that way, then going back to the uh, the comment you just mentioned there, it will attract a scouting system. It will ca- attract coaches to then mm. coach uh, the girls to become better players, and yeah. then. From that point, then you get the interest, and I, I suppose uh, as long as you've got that plan in place, yeah, where, where you might not see the the effects in six months or twelve months, but yeah. you, maybe a couple of years, and and I suppose that's what the other countries have done, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I really enjoyed my time in England. You know, yeah, I was um, I was so happy that I was getting to play every weekend. You know, at a good level with good players, um, and I was going to train through the week. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest. Um, I don't expect that tomorrow uh, every one of our players is going to be given a fair amount of money that we can just sort of give up all our jobs and just go and play football. Yeah. Um, because even when I played in England, every player uh, at Spurs and every player at Fulham was also working. You know, yeah. um, and they'd finish their work and then come in the evening for trainings. You know, um, and if that's required to be done, we have been doing this, so and we don't mind doing it at all. We don't. We we we're absolutely okay with it because I do believe that um, the women's game currently in this world, not just in India or um, other parts of the world, uh, exists today and is still flourishing today purely based on passion. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's why, regardless of a nine-to-five job, we'll still turn up at seven o'clock to to play and to train uh, because we're passionate about the sport and we truly want the sport to grow. We want to grow in the sport. So um, I don't expect that tomorrow, they, uh, you know, that they say, oh, oh, okay, now the league is six months long and you guys are going to be paid a fair amount of money. Um, 
and you, you you know you don't have to worry about another job i of course there's no expectation like that the only the only desire is that the that we are provided a competitive uh, platform for a larger period of the year and everything around that we will try and uh, work around it and eventually the hope is that by step by step this also has sponsors coming in this also has money coming in we also have great players coming out of it you know things like that um so yeah, yeah. So how uh, actually go on, go on sorry now that you right, mentioned uh, yeah I'll, I'll, uh, can I speak Chris yeah yeah go on yeah yeah so like Tanvi like you mentioned uh, football as a career yeah getting paid that's a challenge and uh, probably that's one of the thing that is restricting girls maybe to come out more in, into sports in general especially in India. maybe because generally parents they want to have they want their kids to have a great life a good pay so that they can settle you know and build themselves up so mm. i mean it's 2019 now yeah. things things have changed but maybe when i was young probably mm. uh no i have a sister okay so i i'm a big football fan and to be honest i actually used to ask her to watch football games with me she's a manchester united fan uh, she likes wayne rooney and you know we used to practice penalty kicks and stuff but mm. you know there was no such idol for her yeah I mean, in, in the women's sport at that time you know there was no special marketing for women's football mm. and you know because of that uh, she you know there's no exposure and in addition to that in schools and uh, you know in general in the society people don't usually you know see girls playing football or or, or maybe cricket as well mm, so yeah. uh, you know <clears throat> the sports being a career option you know maybe that that's also a hurdle that uh, maybe we'll have to cross at some stage yeah for sure i agree yeah so go on back now every every sport or there seems to be every sport over the last couple of years where it's bringing the argument of say equal pay for women mm. compared to mm. men now yeah. uh, like i said every every sport broaches this subject at some point now mm. i can't see that happening right now uh, given right. the popularity of the men's sport and the the amount of commercial interest that the men's sport generates yeah around the world Uh, but what what would be your thoughts on that and where do you think the women would need to the women's game would need to move up for commercially in terms of having that argument um so i'm going to speak specifically about football yeah um, i do know that tennis now there is equal play right am i correct yeah. about this yeah, yeah. but yeah. obviously oh, i don't yeah. i think it's coming very very recently yeah Yeah. Uh but obviously prior to um prior to that um it, it was a huge debate a huge discussion for very many years right yes. um uh, but speaking specifically about football um if we talk about commercials and we go into figures and things like that i think the figures that this world cup alone has shown um you know says a lot uh, and this is with much less financial support much less um overall economical structural support for the women's game 
Yeah. Now, if you pump in all that the men have in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of um, you know the money that's pumped into the sport or paid to the players and things, we're not seeing more. We're seeing equal. If you pump in an equal amount, um, tell me that the next World Cup won't be even more thrilling. Yeah. Of course I, it will be. You yeah. know. Um, because at the end of the day, you are now, I think the women have proved that there is talent there. So you yeah. are investing in talent. There was a time before football became popular, before it was commercial, that you were just investing in these talented players and hoping that, you know, these guys will become stars or these clubs will become big names in the future. You know, it was an investment. Yeah. Now it, that investment has profit, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, it's going to be an investment um, initially, but the women have proved themselves at the international stage that we are talented. We need to be noticed. Uh, we need to be supported uh, in an equal manner. Uh, we're not saying more. Uh, we're not saying we're extra special. We're just saying just support us equally and we promise you we'll get you the results because we've got you the results despite all of that. Yeah. You know? Um, so I do feel the equal pay conversation is an important one. It is a justified one um, because the women are playing 90 minutes, just like the men or more. Um, and um, and every performance of theirs is an entertaining one now, you know, yeah. um, and, and they are uh, extremely uh, superior athletes and they have proved themselves. You know, um, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm glad the conversation has started. And I and, you know, uh, Rapino was actually saying once obviously the U.S. has been celebrating since they, <laughs> since they won this. They're still in celebration mode over there. Um, yeah. But uh, I've been watching like the um, they've been going on different talk shows and things like that. And uh, one of the things that Rapino said at one um, at uh, uh, one of these big events was that, you know, um, or one of the talks, talk shows, if I'm not wrong, she was saying that, you know, um, I believe that um, the conversation of equal pay, uh, now that we have won the World Cup, um, I believe the conversation of equal pay um, and, you know, everything else that comes with that uh, is behind us now because we have proved ourselves. Now it comes to um, putting in the action or, you know, the actual yeah. work. The conversation has begun, and I think we've proved ourselves. The conversation should have ended by now. Now let's put in the work. We want to yeah. see you guys put in the work. We want to see you guys support us more. You know, and she's right in saying that, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, the conversation uh, is an important one, and I, I'm, I, I truly, truly feel it's justified. Uh, given, um, oh, there is a stati like a, uh, a statistics, if I'm not wrong, or some... Um, numbers i don't know the exact numbers but i believe that the nike uh, that nike has actually sold more um uh jerseys um on their website of the u.s women's national team um than any men's and women's jersey ever sold in one season wow yeah and this is this has been floating everywhere, this news. Uh, yeah. So Nike is obviously making a, a more money through women's football right now than <laughs> men's football. So I don't yeah. see like I don't see why it's not commercially viable. Yeah. You know? Um, I yeah, don't no, see. I'm, yeah, no, I, I agree. If you look at the US, I agree. 
Yeah, if you look at in the US, I mean, yeah, the men's team used to do well uh, in the past. I mean, but currently, if you look, the women's team is, you know, by far uh, attracting more eyeballs and, you know, they are generating more revenues, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, US women's national team has actually been bigger celebrities in the US than the men for a while now, especially after this World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you also, as well, you, you want uh, the football associations, regardless of the country, to be. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you you don't want the the players to be getting income from or the the majority of their income uh, mm-hmm. to live on from commercial deals or outside the game. Yeah. Uh, b- because that sort of. That can take your mind off things, and that can well. If if you're a woman playing football and you're de- yeah. dedicating your life to the sport, but yeah. you're getting paid to do an advert to yeah. to advertise a top, or you're getting paid somewhere else, or you're getting more commercial interest yeah. from o- something other than football, yeah. then I've, your your human nature is going to dictate that. Well, why am I dedicating my life to this yeah. when I'm not when I when I'm not getting paid? And that's not gonna. That's not what we want. Yeah. The whole world, um, especially after the tournament that just happened, they mm. want women to be dedicating themselves. They want. They want more professional teams. They want yeah. get girls from a younger age to yeah. be um, to be thinking this can be this could be my career. This can be yeah. my profession. Yeah, um, and the only way of doing that is well, first of all, increasing the pay, and yeah. If 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 that means if that means one day being equal to the men, then so be it. It's 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 no reflection of the men's game at all. Yeah. I don't see what yeah. it, what harm it would be doing them. It yeah. wouldn't affect their game in any in in any way. I mean, yeah. it gets it gets sort of put out there at the moment mm-hmm. incorrectly, in my opinion, because it's sort of women versus men, and that's not the case. It's that's not. not yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's, it's certainly that's not the case at all. So mm-hmm. I believe. I believe not only with your sentiment that it's a valid argument, it's yeah. it's it's a great argument. It, it shouldn't be an argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. Um, the women's game is obviously, it doesn't have as, um, as rich or as old in history as the men's because I think the women probably got into the sport a little bit after uh, at a competitive yeah. level. Um, so obviously men do have the head start by many, many, many years and for many, many reasons. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think it has come to a point now where I think women have consistently proved themselves. And I think that's what this World Cup was about. They wanted yeah. to show their countries and they wanted to show the world that we're not liabilities. Uh, we are assets. If you invest in us, we will show you the results, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm really glad that everyone's talking about equal pay. And, and I'll be very honest, um, uh, as much as uh, it was always understood or believed that the U.S. were going to win the World Cup. Um, I'm kind of happy uh, that they did because uh, the U.S. women's national team has celebrated their players and advertised their players more than any other team ever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and because of that, that means that if they are riding um, or if they are carrying important conversations like equal pay on their shoulders – it was important for them to win, not yeah. just um, 
for themselves, but for the greater cause and for the uh, the growth of the women's game internationally. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really happy right now. There's a lot of positivity in the air, yeah. and and uh, I can see the change has begun. Yeah, before the World Cup started, uh, there was a, there was a debate in England, or not? Uh, not it'd be wrong to call it a debate. Sorry, but. Um, as you know, uh, Chelsea's manager, uh, Maurizio Sarri, last year left right. his post in May. Yeah. Now, the Chelsea ladies manager came out and said that she wants to be in contention for the job and she wanted right. to interview the job, in, interview for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that then, obviously, through uh, various sports channels, uh, turned into a debate whether they think this is correct or not. Yeah. Now, I, I was discussing this personally, and at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I said, no, I don't think that should happen. But not mm. because I don't believe women are good enough to compete with men. It's just mm. that I want women, the women's game, to stay the women's game. And I want to see the women's game progress mm-hmm. and become the level. Now, that was prior to the World That was before the World Cup happened. So obviously right. now, I think given the World Cup and the publicity that surrounds, like you said, the American team, I, don't, yeah. I, think, the, I think the women's game has got everything that it needs yeah. to kick on yeah. and make make the women's sport its own uh, the yeah. women's football its own mm. where, where would you sit with that in terms of say men like I don't know the Chelsea team being managed by a woman or having say even further along the line uh, being mixed up between men and women um, not just Chelsea so, of course I mean I yeah. mean the sport of football right um, so if you look at the women's uh, national teams that played in the World Cup, yeah. uh, a lot of those teams were coached by or managed by men. Yeah. You know, um, and of course, you know, you'd argue that these men um, obviously have been players themselves, or they've had yeah. a rich history of education in the sport, or whatever. You know, all those things. Um, but if you look at this specific, like this particular case as well. Yeah. You know. Um, so Hayes actually, on paper, is highly qualified. Yeah. Um, with every team that she's been associated with, she has brought them success to a very large level. Yeah. You know, uh, understood that she's mostly been with the women's teams. Um, so uh, obviously, you can't you can't necessarily convert those skills um, um, or that sort of knowledge uh, in the sport to the men's game. Uh, because of a variety of reasons, I don't know if um, uh, I think I think she's really brave, and I would be thrilled to see a woman in that position. Um, and and if she's done voluntarily, uh, I think it's brilliant. That comes with a lot of confidence, you know. So that means yeah. she really thinks she really believes she can she can do the job and she can do it well because um, she will be. I think the only female coach at that level of, of a men's team, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think um, if she has volunteered to take up that position, she's pretty much representing and setting the path or not setting the path uh, for women to take up roles like that in the future, you yeah. know, because, because it is, a, it is, see, everyone is really, really, really emotionally attached to clubs. You know, yeah. uh, and and obviously the Chelsea fans will be extremely. Um, I'm sure there are lots of mixed reviews and mixed uh, reactions about this uh, desire of hers to ha- 
take up this role. Uh, but tomorrow, if she actually ends up winning a massive trophy for the men's team, everyone will love her. You know. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, if she does not perform well, everyone will be like, "Oh, it's because of her gender." You know. Um, so it is. It is definitely uh, a big, big. Um, responsibility that she's willing to take up and honestly the fact that she's willing to take it up because she's representing women in general taking up that responsibility in the future potentially um i think um i mean i think there's a lot of confidence behind it and it, it would be worth a shot just because she's volunteered and um i mean yeah, yeah. i'm all for it you know do you, f- do you think it would be yeah. a hindrance on the women's game though if say high-profile women like that with them to come across to the men's game to start man, manage, managing the men rather than, say, taking taking the women's game even further? Um, I think that's a good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that. I, I don't think... I don't know. That's a good one. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. But I do, I do think that she's obviously had success in the women's game uh, repeatedly, uh, which yeah. is where her confidence comes from, you yeah. know. And she obviously thinks the next step and the next level beyond that is to then coach a men's team. Yeah, and, and that yeah. also such a high-profile men's team. Yeah, um, and I do think, um, I mean, she would be representing uh, women in general, you know, in that in that position. So perhaps. Uh, Perhaps in in some overall aspect, it is sort of um, good for the women's game. Yeah. No. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, there's there's pros and cons to it, isn't it? Um, yeah. When when I first heard about it, I was like, well, no, you you want the high profile people from the women's game to stay within the women's game to yeah. make the women's game bigger and better, yeah. especially at that level of coach. He's obviously got a very good or a very high level ability of coaching yeah. players and coaching yeah. teams. So mm. you would like to see that, say, yeah. as you go and coach another team and see if she yeah. can make them as a success as what she did. Yeah. And things but, like that. Or even, who tell knows, manage. Go on, sorry. Uh, so, I mean, in this situation, um, if she actually manages to take the Chelsea men's team um, and bring home a lot of important trophies... Yeah. Uh, do you not think that the men who've just been following men's teams, um, that um, they would suddenly respect uh, perhaps uh, how evolved uh, a, a woman's interpretation of the sport has become and how capable a woman uh, can be um, in, you know, as far as tactical uh, stuff is concerned and and you know, decisions, management decisions, all those important things. Um, I think men would really suddenly be like, oh, wow, okay. So she really knows her game. Uh, and then they'd probably go research about her. They'd realize, okay, she's only worked with women's teams before this. And that's where her backup, like her backing has come from. Uh, then perhaps those eyeballs would be like, okay, let's see what the women's game is about then. Yeah, you know? ab- yeah, I think it would as well. Yeah. But I'm not just I wouldn't I wouldn't just have that at that level either. I would have it at all levels of football in the UK. Mm. Like mm. for example, she's very good at her job. Why yeah. couldn't she go and give to say up and coming coaches, men yeah. or women in the UK mm. who are doing the coaching badges? Why couldn't mm. she go and run one of those 
co- co- coaching badges. You hear about the you hear about professional football managers uh, yeah. all around Europe, uh, yeah. specifically Europe, who go and give these seminars or they go and they go and uh, say do the UEFA coaching license B. Right. I think coaches like that mm-hmm. within the women's league should be doing the same because, like you said, just because. I mean, there's no, there's no gender here. Knowledge is knowledge, regardless of the gender. And yeah. if she's got something to pass on to the mm. women, then it's the same game. So it, it must be useful to the men as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think clearly she thinks that she can achieve more, and yeah. she feels like her journey as a manager slash coach is not done. And she, I think yeah. she perhaps wants to prove herself further because she's been doing so well. And uh, before giving coaching seminars and stuff, which is quite a common um, uh, route to take, um, she obviously thinks that there is more for her to achieve. Uh, yeah. Perhaps then if she actually ends up taking that route of doing seminars and stuff, those seminars will be so much more valued. Uh, yeah. and So much more popular, you know. Yeah. Uh, so if she believes she can do this. I think she should be given a shot. Yeah. Yeah, something that uh, I'd like to ask you both is, you know, yes, Alex Hayes, um, she wanted the Chelsea job. So when I first heard that, I was like, wow, she must be so confident because, you know, with Chelsea, there's been a, a you know, manager train going on, you know, yeah. one guy coming in, he, he gets sacked in maybe two years, yeah. two, three years, he gets sacked. So something that's important, you know, as a manager is, I mean, apart from the technical uh, side of the game or you know, a particular manager's knowledge on the game, apart from that, something that's really important is, uh, you know, man management skills. You got to win, to win the dressing room. So how, you know, in case she she would become uh, the manager, how would she win the dressing room? How how would she earn the respect of the players? You know, even Maurizio Sarri, you know, he completely lost the dressing room uh, at some point uh, in the season, and you know, that that was very weird. So, if he was from here as a manager of Chelsea Football Club, how would she win the players? I think that's a fair question. Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. Um, and I think that is one of um, the reasons why I really respect her decision to volunteer for this position because I'm sure she's going to face a lot of, um, <clears throat> you know, eyebrows and all those things from the men because they may not necessarily respect as much as a, a male manager, you know, uh, or they may not um, believe that she knows as much or is, you know, all those. There will be all these um, barriers for sure. Um, but um, I think the fact that she has volunteered for the position alone believes uh, makes me believe that she believes that she can actually win these guys over. You know, uh, whatever whatever her tactics might be in the changing room or whatever, um, clearly she believes she can do it. And um, she has shown success with the teams that she's been with. Granted, they're women's teams, but, you know, football works the same way. Uh, the tactics and all those things matter in the women's game as much as they do in the men's. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe her, uh, like you said, the the man management skills might be really good. You know, she might be really, really good at that stuff. 
Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, yeah, I yeah. obviously we're talking about a stage, um, international stage, you know, because there's going to be so much uh, highlight on her. Um, and she'll have a, a lot of uh, backlash for sure. A lot of resistance and all those things. Um, but uh, she believes she can do it. And, you know, I've been in, in positions as well where um, I've uh, managed men. You know, I've, I've been like uh, as as the senior most coach or whatever, or I've captained a men's team and things like that as well. And I've never yeah. faced, I've never faced um, uh, lack of respect. I've, in fact, the other way around, you know, uh, they respect uh, where I come from. They respect that I've... Um, I've had an interesting and important journey, you know, um, and um, yeah, I, I personally, I mean, that's such a small, small um, scale, but um, yeah, if I'm confident in that position, um, I don't see, uh, and if I'm giving the results in, you know, doing my job well and, and all those things, I don't see why there should be, and there hasn't been with me personally, so I can completely see why she has that confidence as well. I'm sure she's worked with men um, in close quarters, even with the women's teams, you know? Yeah. yeah Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you touched on it there uh, about uh, your own experience of, say, captain a men's team. And um, whilst I was doing my research for this, I actually, um, I was very intrigued to know that yeah. you you started loving football from eight years of age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the main thing, other than actual the actual competitive edge uh, mm-hmm. that you clearly have about playing and wanting to compete, what was the main attraction to the sport uh, for you growing up? And did you, as well, at the time, did you just focus on watching, say, women's games or did you watch men's games as well? Um, so when I was eight, we're talking about 20 years ago, <laughs> um, when I was eight, um, I, I grew up in Delhi. Yeah. Um, and honestly, uh, there was hardly a handful of girls that played in the whole city. Yeah. Um, and I started playing with the boys, you know, uh, with my classmates and things like that. Um, and for me, honestly, I can't, I've never had an exact answer to that question. I don't know what attracted me or drew me towards uh, football because I actually was generally athletic and I pick up sports quite easily. Uh, but there was like a special, um, I don't know, a special attachment with football. The moment I kicked a football for the first time, I kind of fell in love with it and I knew that this is something I want to continue doing um, at whatever level I could, you know. Um and for me, if I'm very honest with you, um, I never used to watch a lot of football up until um, up until maybe my late teens or even like I would say around 20, the age of 20. I never watched yeah. a lot. Um, for me, I grew in the sport um, in India, just being around the boys, more training with the boys and observing them. And for me, they were like my, uh, I wanted to aspire to be as good as them, if not better you know, the boys around me. Um, so for me, they were kind of uh, my target. I didn't, yeah. uh, like, um, you know, like uh, Rithik was saying, uh, I didn't really have a role model growing up because there was nothing, even even now there's not a lot publicized. Of course, this World Cup has changed that to quite an extent. Yeah. But when I was growing up, there was no, like, we didn't know of an Alex Morgan and things like that, you know. Um, 
so I didn't really have a role model. I didn't really watch a lot of women's games or, uh, you know, um, but of course, um, that's all changed now. So for me, um, I grew with the sport being in the sport, um, rather than watching too much of it. And I, and I realized how much watching it actually, um, has helped me over the last few years that I've been watching it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does so, that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. It's, it's quite fascinating, me. I find it, it's uh, quite fascinating, if you don't mind me saying so. So looking at your own career aspirations now within the within the game yeah. and, and, the, and the prospects of your current club, yeah. uh, what is the main aim there? First of all, as an individual, uh, yeah. do you sort of, do, do you have a level that you want to reach? Uh, I know everyone within the sport or any given career would like to reach the top of the game. Um, Where do you see your future within the game? So, um, I think people who've been following my journey know this. Uh, But when I took my flight out to London from India, um, I was uh, basically, I had found out about the trials for these clubs. um, And I was, um, it was a complete gamble. There was no guarantee I would actually get into these clubs, you know. Um, But um, I obviously trained really hard for months prior uh, with my coach. Um, And uh, with my coach, I want to name him, uh, Chibursa, because he's been extremely um, important in my journey. And um, once I was taking my flight out to London to give trials, I knew at that point itself that... um, in fact, before I even got onto the flight, I knew at that point itself that, um, you know, I always wanted to come back to India. You know, um, I always wanted um, my experience in England was always actually the conversation I had with my dad to come to England to play was of one season. If I successfully got through the trials for uh, the different clubs, I wanted to play one season for the exposure. Yeah. Uh, just one year and then one year became two two became three um obviously because i was really enjoying playing there uh but um at the end of the third year um i knew i got this gut feeling that i needed to come back to india because i always wanted to i always yeah. wanted to make a difference over here i knew that i was getting this opportunity that very few people do especially coming through the indian system um and for me honestly um my what I would really like to achieve um, would be the maximum achievement I could possibly have is to play for India. Um, And what's holding me back right now um, is that I have a British citizenship. Yeah. Um, And I have had a British citizenship since I was a minor Um, because my mom was born there, even though she's fully Indian. Uh, she was born there. And so obviously you get to, as a minor, I believe you get to choose one of your parents' citizenships. And uh, obviously my parents felt it was, you know, a lot more convenient to have a British one than an Indian yeah. one. Um, yeah. So uh, I was actually called for the India camp under 19 um, in 2009 uh, because I had represented the Delhi state at the different age categories. So obviously uh, someone must have noticed me. Um, and then in 2009, I was called for under-19 Indian national team camp, you know. And at that stage, they they told me that, unfortunately, because you don't have an Indian citizenship, you can't go on to represent the country. Um, so instead of sort of taking that negatively, uh, I thought I'd, I'd sort of use my citizenship as positively as I can. Um, 
and I knew like like staying and studying and things in England would be easier. Um, and the English system of football is superb. Um, so I wanted to give a shot. Um, and I fortunately got to a couple of clubs, you know. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I've always wanted to help bridge the gap between my experience in India uh, of playing football and my experience in England of playing football. Whatever yeah. little bit I can help, um, you know, having experienced both, I really want to. And I feel like the best way to change or improve a system is to become a part of it, you know. Um, and, and that that means I have to give up my citizenship. I will do it. And I am actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm actually in the process of surrendering my British citizenship to an Indian one, which I know a lot of people think I'm crazy for. Um, <laughs> because... Because even after this decision is made, uh, you know, there is no guarantee I'll actually make the national team. I'm already 28 years old. I'm turning 29 this week, in fact, in a few days. Um, so, of course, I'm taking a huge gamble once again. But I do believe that um, I, I do believe that I can make a difference and um, I'm going to give it everything I can. So for me, um, playing for India would be huge. And in general, if I were to answer that, um, making a difference you know, yeah. uh, would be huge. And, and you know when you started making a difference in a system. Yeah. You know? So yeah, for me, that would be like my career highlight when I look back and I'm like, you know what? Um, I was instrumental in the progress that we've had. You know? Yeah. yeah. And what about the prospects of your current club? Um, is that... Is which that a, club a, a, are you speaking about? Bangalore, is that? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yeah, Bangalore. He's talking about uh, Bangalore. Yeah. Are, are, are you talking? Are you talking about BUFC, Bangalore United Football Club? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like I said, the the league system in India is actually not a very strong one. It's yeah. very short lived. So, just for this league that lasted about a, a month, month and a half. Um, earlier in the year, uh, just to play that league, I represented this club. Um, right. It's not. It's not like after the league finished that we continue training together or nothing. It was just for oh, the right. league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how it works, uh, unfortunately, over here. Um, so yeah, there's no real prospects of playing for a club because there's no consistent training. Uh, I don't think at any club. Maybe maybe some of the Manipuri clubs train consistently. That's northeast of India. Um, yeah. There's a state called Manipur in northeast which is um, extremely, football is extremely popular there. Uh, It's pretty much like a mini England in the sense that they live, breathe, uh, eat football over there. Uh, So a lot of our national team players actually come out of that state because they have a very strong system even for the women. Um, And they have a small league that they have on their own and things like that. So apart from that part of the country, I don't know of any other clubs that are training consistently through the year, you know, just their women's teams. Um, that is, that is, um, of course, a future, uh, or this is a, a current desire and, um, yeah, um, hopefully a future, uh, possibility. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I can answer that very, uh, yeah, it's sort of as you go. Yeah. 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 So w- what about, uh, Sammy Hans, the coach one day, maybe? So I actually... You know, there's a not there's not a lot of uh, money in football, um, yeah. especially for women. 
so I do have to coach on the side. That is, in fact, my uh, my primary source of income. Right. Yeah, it's me coaching. So uh, the men, for instance, that I captained in the men's league um, were actually people that I train. I coach them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I coached them, I already had a sense of um, leadership with them. You know what I mean? So that's why I fit into that uh, captain role pretty easily. And there was no discomfort. I didn't even think it was anything new that I was yeah. doing or breaking barriers. It didn't feel unusual at all, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have, I, I, I'm currently coaching. Uh, I've gotten more into coaching women now. Um, you know, I've, in, in fact, I've made it very clear that I specifically want to only coach girls and women now um, yeah. and sort of create um, a little ecosystem um, starting small and hopefully be big in the future where um, <clears throat> it's for women by women. Um, so the coaches will always be female and the audience um, or the the people being coached will always be female. Um, so I think um, I am coaching right now. Uh, when I played with Fulham, when I played for Fulham, um, they gave us or all, all the players an option to do our FA level one uh, simultaneously for free. Yeah. And uh, so I did uh, when I was playing with Fulham. I also did the FA level one coaching badge. Um, yeah. So I, I do have the FA level one coaching badge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I see, honestly, I definitely see myself more as a player today um, yeah. than a coach, but I do coach to sort of make money. Um, but again, I coach with a lot of, um, with a lot of passion behind it. It's not just to make money, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, fortunately, the journey that I've had so far in the sport um, is some people find it interesting. Uh, and so I get invited to do workshops sometimes or give speeches sometimes and things. And that's another source of my income. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, if not on the field doesn't pay being on the field doesn't pay me as much as perhaps everything around it does. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. now with the yeah, but it, it helps pump in um, whatever little bit I need to sort of continue my playing career for as long as it it can be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we're now coming into the last section of uh, of the podcast, uh, and I know Riffwick's got a few uh, questions from listeners and people uh, writing in mm-hmm. that he would like to ask. Yeah, sure. So. I've actually got a few fan questions as well because I posted. Um, yeah. If you want me to cover that as well, we can. Yeah, no, far away with them. Yeah. yeah. More the merrier. Okay, so just think you can start, and then I'll open. I'll open my little post or whatever. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So um, I think you already answered this. Hmm. I mean, Parmeshwar Srivastava, he's asked uh, like he's 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 followed the uh, IWL closely and. And he's asking what reforms you think are needed, you know, as far as the overall league structure is concerned mm. in India. Actually. Okay, I think, like so, I said, I think they just need to sort of make the league longer. Um, clearly, every year there are at least a couple more teams that are putting in, you know, they, they are interested and they are putting in teams um, they, to make the league longer. And uh, we played every team in our group just once. 
it would be great if we got to play them again, you know. Um, and that would probably extend uh, the league to double the time. And yeah, I think that would be a good start. Yeah, currently I think it's like a Champions League format. Mm-hmm. A league yeah. knockout. Correct, yeah. Yeah. So another question is from Rohit Rajiv. So he's asking about the fitness of of Indian players, both men and women. No, yeah. uh, he's asking if the Indian football players can emulate those in Europe, and uh, if yes, what are, I mean, what are the measures that must be taken? Just in terms of fitness, is it? Yes, yeah, just in terms of fitness. Um. So, so you got to consider the fact that the athletes in Europe, um, again, they are in competition. They're at that competitive level for majority of the year, you know. So, of course, they are required and very naturally would be working towards, um, you know, uh, a fitter lifestyle overall. And I think, um, uh, and everything then supports that. You know, because they want to perform at the top of their game. Um, whereas over here, it's the system is um, it's very like um, spread out. Our competitive seasons very like in bits and pieces. So the moment IWL was over, for instance, uh, obviously all the club players just just like just dismantled and went back to their original cities. And you know, the training didn't continue as a team. Um, and then it's just completely up to the individual to look after their own health and their own uh, diet and their own uh, fitness regime and things like that. And I think um, um, for a team sport especially, um, you need to work with a team and you need to work with a team for a very large part of the year. Um, given that, um, I would say that uh, if you're talking about football in particular, um, I mean... We are, at the end of the day, if I talk about other sports as well, uh, we are performing. If you look at our female athletes, at least, uh, Rithik, you would know this. Our female athletes are really performing at the international stage as athletes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And they are, you know, they obviously come from the same gene pool as we do, you know. Um, So... um, yeah, it just comes down to the fact that that we need that consistency and we need that consistent support because we are capable of being um, very athletic, uh, equally athletic. And in fact, one of the things that actually worked in my favor when I gave trials uh, in England uh, was the fact that I had trained for six months prior to that trial purely on my uh, strength and conditioning. You know, because my skills were all there. I could receive a ball very well. I could kick very well. All those things were great. You know, obviously I worked on my skills as well. But predominantly I wanted to uh, work on being um, a standout athlete. Because at these trials you need to stand out as an individual. You know, and what really helped in my favor, I believe at least um, in hindsight, was the fact that I was fast. I was fit. uh, you know, and that really stood out about me. Um, so I do think that we definitely are capable. Um, it just comes down to the fact that are we getting that consistent support? Um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. And finally, there's a question from my sister, Rishiga. Okay. So she's asking about when do you think that Indian women 
national team, I mean the senior team, can play a women's World Cup? Um, so a lot of people ask me this question. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. I think we have a lot of um, passion in our team. Um, a lot of talent in our team, uh, both uh, younger talent as well as <clears throat> senior players. Um, and I definitely feel that if we're given more exposure trips, if we're given more uh, just inside the country as well, if we're given more competitions through the year and things like that, if it's really harbored what we have, uh, because we have a lot, a lot of potential, if, if it's truly, truly taken care of and and um, helped um, in terms of its evolution. I really think India can make the World Cup, um, I believe, within the next maybe decade and a half. I really think that. Yeah, that's that, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, my questions. Maybe you can... Okay, so I've got a few... Yeah, I put out I put out a post. Uh, well, I put out a story on my Instagram. Okay, so um, from my from Instagram, Aman K Kala has asked me why don't you play for India. Um, I think I answered that. I don't have an Indian yeah. citizenship right now. Uh, hopefully, I will this year. Uh, then I'll definitely give everything I can to play. Um, okay. Some other questions I don't need to say out loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same question as what you asked. Someone's asked me. Uh, this is Chinmay13464. Uh, can Indian women football team ever make uh, make it into the World Cup in the future? I definitely think so. Um, like I said, hopefully, I believe it can happen within the next 15 years. Um, uh, okay, two underscore B underscore Mayank has asked me, are you going to represent India? Uh, hashtag hopefully. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Pranjal Sethi has asked me, what's your secret to be motivated and disciplined? Um, I think I kind of have always been a bit of a perfectionist and I've always wanted to be better and better. Um, so for me, it is... Um, I mean, I always, I always like waking up the next day, uh, perhaps being a little, a slightly better version of myself in general. Uh, but um, like we discussed previously in this podcast, um, I didn't grow up with a role model, you know, um, in the game. And um, I do know that there are very few representatives of um, the women's game right now in this country. Um and I do know that I am one of them for whatever reason. Uh, and I do take that as a responsibility. Um, and I do definitely feel like um, my game, uh, my performances um, and everything that I do definitely needs to pave the way uh, for someone, um, you know, who's who's an eight-year-old Tanbi or any other girl. Um, I definitely see it as a responsibility, uh, you know. So, yeah, I think that's definitely one thing. I, I, I would love to be like the role model that I never had. But, of course, now there are so many role models after the World Cup, which is great. 
Okay, a few a few people have spoken about the Indian national squad. Are you going to play? Subram uh, Jum something. It's not showing completely. When are you going to represent India? Then Atul Dubey 017 said, will you appear for the national squad any day? Because the nation definitely wants that. Uh, very soon. Uh, so Dhruv underscore Malik has asked... Um, Asked who my top performers are from the Linuses and from the U.S. Women's National Team um, at the World Cup, and uh, for me, the for the Linuses, um, I would say uh, Jill Scott, Ellen White brought a lot of uh, experience, um, and you could see it. Um, uh, Lucy Bronze, of course, really stood out. She's a fantastic player, got great speed. Um, and she's just overall very skillful. Um, and Fran Kirby for me. I've been a fan of hers for a few years now. Um, and yeah, I mean, these guys have been my top performers, at least as far as England is concerned. Uh, with the U.S. Women's National Team, um, obviously Megan Rapino, when she needed to step up, she really did. Um, Alex Morgan, um, I think she's a very common name um, to be said in this category, but um you know, she she was instrumental in getting that penalty, you know, uh, that really uh, helped seal their, or at least get the right attitude to win the finals or whatever. Um, Tobin Heath, I've been a huge fan of, a very technical player. Uh, absolutely love her. Um, and of course, the US women's team goalkeeper, Harris, was stellar. Yeah, so these guys would be mine, I think. Um, do you guys have yeah, any thoughts? I'd like to give a shout out to Crystal Dunn. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Dude, she's definitely on my list. I don't know why I missed her out. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, right. Is there, there are a few more questions. Um, okay, we don't have to go through all because there are oh. a few. There are quite a few. Uh yeah mm-hmm. okay well yeah uh, many thanks to all the people that um uh, wrote the questions in some very good questions there that yeah. just about brings an end to this week's show yeah thanks yeah. guys for all your questions and thank you chris and Rithwick for an interesting conversation <laughs> no yeah. it, it, it was our pleasure, pla- yeah. yeah it was our pleasure i, I would like to thank you on behalf of TNA, both myself and Riffwick, I think your journey is such an intriguing journey. And like you said there, your aim to be a role model. Well, I, I think you're already a role model uh, yeah, to you. anyone who, any women who are looking to get involved in the game of football uh, should be looking at your story and your determination to actually do what you've done. And Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure of mine uh, to be able to speak to yourself. I could I could sit here for the next three hours and just ask you questions <laughs> and uh, Same here, yeah. yeah talk about the game itself. And uh, thank you for the information that you provided and your cooperation. It's been fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank uh, you, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Uh, on behalf of the TNA, and uh, look forward to next week's show. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Bye, guys. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.